Welcome to Travel Market Life, your companion for industry insights and professional business development. Travel Market Life. Join us by webcast, video or podcast. Hello and welcome to Travel Market Life. I'm your host, Ryan Haynes. And in this episode, we'll be looking at the important factors of hospitality today the aspects that generate excitement and the role of digital services in delivering the ultimate experience. We're joined by Don Bunnell, founder of The Swank Guide, a new travel curation review platform across social media channels. They curate unusual independent and sustainable boutique hotel experiences. Don has spent half his life overseas and has traveled to over 60 countries. He's lived in Europe, China, and Australia, and is always looking for that perfect hotel. He's also taken startups through both Y Combinator and Techstars, the world's two most selective startup accelerators. Travel Market Life. Hey, Don, uh, thanks ever so much for joining us. So tell us about the Swank Guide and uh, why is this platform really important at this point in time? Hey, Ryan, uh, thanks for having me on. Um, you know, the, the Swank Guide was born out of a frustration that I had for years. So I've been thinking about this problem for 20 years. And the problem was, I like really nice hotels. I like really high end, but you know, it doesn't have to be fancy, but something that's unique, um, that's got a lot of really great design. And I used resources like travel books and travel curation websites and I think I was happy 70% of the time, but the other 30% of the time I'd show up to a resort and it wasn't as advertised. It wasn't as described or something really major was missing from the description or the pictures on the website. And I was disappointed. And I thought for myself, thought to myself for years that why aren't travel guides and hotel reviews and hotel suggestion uh, sites, why isn't that in a video format so people can really see what a hotel is uh, before they fly halfway around the world and pay for it, right? So I'm just trying to solve that problem to help people find the right place. So curation is a big part of what we do. Um, just, uh, you know, I did Tulum recently. So I think I stayed at 14 or 15 hotels. Um, after doing a lot of research, and then we, but we said we could only recommend 10 because five were a pretty big disappointment. Um, but you got to go and you got to stay and you got to have that experience before you can make a, I think, a legitimate recommendation to folks. So, and then part two is taking that experience in a video and showing people what it's really like because there is no one size fits all for hotels. You know, it's in Tulum, there's, not a great place for families, um, but there is one good family hotel. But most play, most hotels in Tulum, I wouldn't take my family. Um, you know, and conversely, if you're a couple, the place for families isn't, isn't that great for you. So, you know, with the videos, we really try to show people what the hotel is really like so they can make a informed choice about where they want to go, what place they want to stay. I mean, there's been uh, such an expulsion in, in, in a way that, um, you know, hotels are reviewed nowadays. We've gone from the trip advisors to the influencers and the way right. that social media uh, really plays a big factor in that at the same time. But it, often it comes down to, you know, who's actually reviewing it and um, is that representative of, of, of me as, as someone who is going away and, and do they reflect my uh, particular interests or, or uh, preferences uh, when you're traveling? 
traveling. Real quick, because I mean, that I mean, triggered two things with me. And, and one is like the tri TripAdvisor, which is really a great resource. I look at it sometimes. But the problem with TripAdvisor is you get everybody's opinion, um, which is like, you know, some people only care about costs. Some people only care about the food, right? So um, I think you've, there's just too much information there. Um, and then the other side is with influencers, most of the video is about them or they've only stayed in one hotel. The, the information is pretty limited. And by the way, they've been, you know, they've gotten a free stay. So they're not giving you an objective view. So we don't take sponsorship from, from hotels. We really try to be like really upfront about why we're recommending a place. And, um, you know, I think trust is a big problem in the travel industry. I think there is so much gamifying going on and like hidden agendas and things like that. So one of the things we're trying to do with, you know, our website and with our YouTube channel is really kind of create, create trust. Uh, Cause I think that's, that's a really big missing thing in the travel industry. It's hard to find, obviously it exists, but I think it's hard to find. Well, that's been a big focus over the last couple of years. The pandemic really drew that to attention. You know, how much can you trust the suppliers? Mm. Um, you know, what 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 security is there around the booking and the expectations of the experience when you arrive? And that's particularly interesting that you don't take payment. So do the hotels expect you on arrival to be uh, actually doing these reviews or is it more like a secret shopper approach? Yeah, I mean, I, it's you know, it's probably most akin to the Michelin Guide. They don't show up announced; they show up in pretty incognito, right? And so it's the same kind of approach. Will that evolve over time? Yeah, maybe, but that's kind of the approach I'm taking right now because I think <laughs> if you give them too much of a heads up, how how honest and objective a review can it be? Oh, absolutely. If they got all the data and uh, insights in you, they're going to deliver you that ultimate experience. But as you say, it is all about being able to respond to the individual as you arrive without any preferential treatment. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to the key factors of hospitality, what are particularly important to you? Yeah, I think, and, and this is going back kind of my to my TripAdvisor comment. Um, what we're what we're doing at the Swank Guide is we're not trying to appeal to everybody. We're trying to our niche is that five percent of the traveling public who cares about unique experiences, who want to go to interesting design hotels, who want something that's a little bit unusual. So if you're into the Hilton or the Sheraton, there's nothing wrong with those brands. Um, but you know what you're going to get when you when you go to those places. That's not what we do. We're kind of looking for those hidden gems. The things are a little bit off the radar. Um, so we're trying to appeal to, um, you know, maybe th that small slice of the pop population who cares about more sustainable, more interesting, more experiential travel. I was going to say, I mean, you know, there are so many aspects of different properties, but in particular, what sort of things really excite you or um, some of the new attributes maybe that properties have been adding to their properties that are adding to the additional flavor when you're staying? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's <laughs> I come I, you know, I think I come from a very kind of design centric focus. I did study architecture a little bit. I'm not an uh -huh. architect. Um, so, you know, I think the lens I look at it through is what is good design, which is obviously a very subjective thing, but I'm looking for um, really well-designed places. And that sounds, that's not a very specific answer. I, I realize <laughs> that. And, uh, it is very subjective, but I mean, first and foremost, that's what I'm looking for. Obviously like great cuisine, um, the service is important, you know, and it's like, 
I was talking about like a restaurant experience I had recently. I think I was in Tulum and this is a little bit of an aside, but I had three of the best meals I've had in 10 years in Tulum. I was like, I went to Tulum to check out the hotels and who knew it was like an incredible foodie scene. Um, but for me, when I think about like a great meal, it's not just about the food. It's about the mm. ambiance. It's about the design. It's about the service. It's how they present the food. Right. So I think I am looking kind of for that full package, um, like, service that's attentive but like not in your face <laughs> oh i i, I can see yeah because i guess you can walk into a place that look from initial in, uh, inspection just sort of incredible but then once yeah. you're in there if you don't have that sense that same feeling when yeah. you're walking through and and, and you're staying there yeah. then that investment that they've made in the design is kind of lost right yeah now it reminds me of this time when i was in cambodia and staying in this beautiful design hotel and they'd done everything right except for the fact that it was right above a quarry and so oh. monday to friday <laughs> during business hours it was not a very pleasant place to be uh, i was like and for some reason those pictures did not make it onto the website they got lost <laughs> and i guess that's a factor isn't it it's all about advertising and marketing today mm. and how truthful uh, is that marketing and you know that any business is going to show always their best side yeah. um, yeah. and and we get to see it from a guest's perspective when it is from a uh, when it is a review um and but it's not just, I guess, that, as you say, that what it looks like or necessarily um, the, the, the ambiance and, and, and the people who are actually staying at the hotel. Um, hospitality now is, is so much broader. Uh, when it comes to perhaps digital services, mm. what do you expect from hotels to be delivering on that side from, from the moment that you're looking to book to the moment that you return home? In terms of booking, I mean, I, I always try to book directly with the hotel um, just because I think some of the, the fees that some of the internet booking sites take are pretty egregious. And so since I'm, I, you know, I really want to support more independent, more interesting boutique type hotels, so I'd rather they get <laughs> as much as my money as possible. Um, you know, I think like, you know, let's talk about check-in for a second. And there's lots of different ways to do it, right? You can you can check in and be in a line and they can like, you know, it's like checking in for a flight. It's like, what is this person doing? It's like, how can this take 20 minutes and how much can they type? But you have check-in experiences where you're like, okay, this, this took a long time, all the way to completely contactless um, check-in. You know, I was staying at the auto camp in, in Sonoma Valley. Um, and, you know, they just send you a code and tell you how to come into the gate and to show and tell you where your Airstream is. And you don't have to talk to anybody. Um, so I guess I don't mind that. I really don't mind. So I guess I would lean towards the contact list, kind of make it easy to get into your hotel room, especially if you've been traveling. Um, and um, there's everything in between. And, you know, and it's like, it can even be like regional. So when I was in St. Lucia earlier in the year, I didn't see a lot of like digital services in St. Lucia, but there was something about being in Tulum that like everybody was dealing with you from WhatsApp. So even before you showed up to your hotel, they were messaging you on WhatsApp. Here, you know, for a couple of the hotels, you didn't, you could just use WhatsApp to check in. But even after you checked in, that was their means of communication. But I haven't seen that anywhere else. But it's it's interesting, like how everybody in Tulum, all the hotels in Tulum were using WhatsApp to communicate with you before and during your stay. 
you could order room service through WhatsApp. Um, so I thought that was an interesting way to do it. And then if you do have to check, and like the, the thing that comes to mind when I think about like a seamless check-in is the Conrad in Hong Kong. So I was in China for 17 years and I used to go to Hong Kong all the time. So the Conrad in Hong Kong was my go-to hotel. One of the things I loved about the Conrad is I'd walk in, they'd swipe my credit card and give me my key and I'd be in, you know, into the front desk, out of the front desk within 30 seconds. So um, I think hotels do need to keep in mind that people have been traveling often for a long time to get there um, and you should make it super simple and easy for them to get into the rooms. I mean, that's an interesting point you say about that experience with WhatsApp. Um, let's look at it from from the non-digital side, you know, mm -hmm. with, with all those WhatsApp messages that you were dealing with. And, you know, it was on the fly. It was live. You know, they, they I guess they, they understood a bit about you. What was the face-to-face face -face experience like? Were they able to deliver uh, and meet your expectations from a hospitality perspective? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think the technology got in the way of that at all. I mean, it was um, <laughs> uh, one of the hotels. It was, it was, it was it's called B Tulum, um, had a concierge service. So I had a concierge uh, and, and same with um, Nomad Tulum. There's a concierge, a concierge service as part of that. Um, so you do get that personal touch. Um, but they even the concierge was using WhatsApp to communicate with you. So I don't think it necessarily detracts. I think it's some people will just ignore it. I think it's just an extra tool. Right. Some people are mm. like <laughs> maybe some people show up with a cell phone. Right. So uh, it may, hopefully some people go to disconnect and aren't on their phones. Um, so there's another thing to think about. But um, it's just an extra service for people who want to use it. But, yeah, I mean, I, I found it to be like a really kind of easy way to communicate with folks. So at the beginning, uh, when we first started talking, you just returned from a trip. You visited, what, 15 odd and, and you only put about 10 reviews. Mm. Um, when you're coming to select the properties before you stay at them, what are you specifically looking at? What 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 um, do you get recommended or um, are you doing a search or do you have a specific profile of property that you're looking to um, stay at? And, and then you just do to find out where they are and, and, and then book, book, a, book a night. Yeah, so I mean, the process, um, I mean, we try to do for each location uh, at least two kind of budget. So maybe I said this, but you know, I think a, a hotel doesn't have to be expensive to be great. Um, so we're always trying to look for those hidden gems of like really cool places that maybe are 100, 200 bucks a night. They exist, there's not tons of them, but they're out there. So we always try to include two kind of budget options, a couple mid range. And definitely the high-end stuff too, because you know it's like we're on YouTube and people want to see kind of the blingy beach, right? So um, that's part of it. But my process is I've got about ten websites that I think are pretty good at curation. Um, so I start to kind of triangulate between all the recommendations that are out there, get a short list. Um, at first, I was booking a lot of these hotels, going and staying them, and being disappointed. Um, like my recent trip to LA. Um, it's like, okay, I booked about half of them, uh, but the other half I was like, I don't know. So I spent a day driving around looking at all these hotels before I booked them. So yeah, I'm looking for kind of stuff that's not on the website, that's stuff that's not in the reviews. I'm trying to spread it out geographically. So if you're going to a certain region, you have hotels in different parts of the city or different options. Um, so it's like trying to spread it out among kind of different budget ranges geographically um 
but I definitely lean towards kind of modern minimalist kind of clean design. Uh, but with that said, you know, sometimes I throw in that quirky, there's a place in LA that's uh, like built in 1920 and it's very charming. It feels English. Um, it's, uh, it's not my typical thing, but it was a charming, great place. And it was just another hidden gem that uh, I want people to know about. Excellent. I mean, I guess once people start to explore the Swank Guide, get a really good idea as the sort of personality that you are and therefore the types of properties that you really represent and, and, and excite you. Um, I'd like to come to now your, your startup experience, um, because as I said at the beginning, um, you've taken startups through both the Y Combinator and Techstars. Um, what, what would you say are the you know three key principles uh, for really identifying a product fit for the market? market and then um, starting initiating that momentum uh, for a startup? Hmm. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's a tough question. Uh, I'm a zero to one guy. So uh, so I love to start things from like just concept and take them to maybe a team of 20. And then I love to hand it off. So that's kind of where my specialty is. Like, you don't want me running a big company. It's uh, not going to end well. Uh, but um, trying to think like, you know, in entrepreneurship, um, the way I've approached it is I always want to kind of change the industry or do something disruptive. So my first startup was around um, a technology for converting coal into hydrogen and CO for clean energy production. So it's like, how do we change the way we use coal? And instead of it being dirty, is there a clean way to use it? My second startup was around housing. How do we do, how do we build housing in a very different way. The biggest problem we have in the US, and I don't know what it's like in Europe, but I don't think it's that different, is we don't have enough tradespeople. Um, so how do you make building a lot simpler so you can have um, things that kind of click, snap together, and are, you know, it's not that simple, but how do you take um, somebody who can, instead of just having an electrician, having one person who can basically build the whole thing, maybe a team of five or 10 people, but you don't need specialty trades for everything. So trying to change the way housing was done. And then, you know, I think what I'm trying to do with the Swank Guide is, um, I think things that have traditionally been in the written form, travel books and, you know, blogs and things like that, how do we move that into a video format? Because I think that's the way people want to consume these things. Um, so definitely kind of my DNA in terms of thinking about startups and what I want to do is around kind of changing the way things have been done traditionally. Um, I think a big ingredient in entrepreneurship is being naive. And <laughs> I find every time that I try to do one of these things, it's so much harder than I initially thought. Uh, <laughs> we were chatting about that before we came on, but it's um, never as easy as it looks. Um, so I think being a little bit naive uh, is helpful. And then I think um, perseverance is probably the most important thing. I mean, the hardest thing in entrepreneurship is it's it's a tough slog and um, it's never as easy as you think. So you've got to have the grit to kind of just keep working on it. Wonderful. Well, thanks for those tips, Don. And thanks for sharing that insight into the Swank Guide. And if anybody's interested in discovering that, check out the description with the link uh, in the podcast or just visit swankguide.com. As simple as that, right, Don? It is. S-W-A-N-K-G-U-I-D-E.com. Or if you go to YouTube, just type Swank Guide will come right up. That's excellent. Don, thank you ever so much for joining us. I really appreciate all those insights today. Thank you, Ryan. It's a pleasure. 
So that was Don Bunnell, the founder of The Swank Guy, talking to us about his hospitality experiences and particularly why he has looked at curating that insight into independent and sustainable boutique hotel experiences. Check out more of our episodes on travel market life through either haynesmarcoms.agency or through any of the podcast channels. I'm your host, Ryan Haynes. Thanks for listening. Ciao for now. For more, go to Travel Market Life. The music sensation by Zach Nelson is reproduced under license from Storyblocks. Travel Market Life is a Haynes Marcoms digital marketing agency production serving the travel and technology industries.